RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, the chief executive says having the NPCSC interpret the national security law is in the best interests of the legal system. The Bar Association dismisses suggestions that the government's request will affect judicial independence and an anti-smoking campaigner accuses the government of hypocrisy for its stance on e-cigarettes and vaping. Chief Executive John Lee says handling former media mogul Jimmy Lai's trial after the National People's Congress Standing Committee interprets the national security law is in the best interests both of the case and of the legal system. Mr Lee also said the Department of Justice will apply to adjourn Mr Lai's case today. He was commenting one day after seeking the interpretation from the NPCSC on whether overseas counsel who aren't fully qualified to practice in Hong Kong can take part in national security cases. Here's Mr Lee. It will be up to the National People's Congress Standing Committee to decide how to go about it. There are procedures, as far as I know, about meetings to be conducted by the NPCSC. How eventually, as a result of my request, the interpretation will be made, of course, is the prerogative and the absolute authority of the MPCSC. At the present moment, I'm only requesting for an interpretation of the law to address my question. The Bar Association has brushed aside questions that the government's request will have any impact on judicial independence in the SAR. Its chairman, Victor Dawes, said that security law specifies that the MPCSC has the power to interpret the law. But Mr Dawes said they hope any ambiguity can be clarified by SAR courts in future and that the power to interpret the law can be used sparingly. Of course, using interpretation to deal with the situation will undoubtedly, as I've said, result in certain doubts or discussions about our legal systems. Now... The, the fact that doubts are created, of course, is not a situation that is ideal, but I do understand the government's position and the reasoning given by the chief executive both yesterday and this morning. Senior Counsel Ronnie T- Tong said he's been taken aback by strong reaction to the news that the government wants Beijing to interpret the law. Speaking to RTHK, Mr Tong hinted at political undercurrents. National security is, is a very political, sensitive And bearing in mind the current relationship between England and Hong Kong, uh, I would not, uh, you know, be surprised that um, not too many people are happy with a foreign English council coming to take up a very sensitive national security case in Hong Kong. I think that that is perhaps understandable uh, from some point of view. An anti-smoking campaigner has accused the government of double standards by banning e-cigarettes and vaping products here, but wanting them to be shipped through Hong Kong. Since the products were banned in April, the government says air cargo volumes have dropped 18%. Henry Tong, chairman of the Council on Smoking and Health, told RTHK he was concerned that banned products shipped through Hong Kong could enter the local market. He also questioned the government's figures about the impact of the ban on the logistics trade. I would like to encourage the electrical member who are scrutinizing the proposal right now to question and get more data from the transportation and logistic departments about the economic impact and the number of shipments that, that the industry has proposed to the government. That is some data I believe that the electrical member should verify. 
An official from the Environmental Protection Department says the government is studying cutting the plastic content in designated bags for its planned municipal solid waste charging scheme. The authorities cited higher-than-expected bidding prices yesterday as they confirmed the cancellation of a tender for the bags. Speaking on RTHK, Principal Environmental Protection Officer Theresa Wu said the price surge in crude oil, a major ingredient for plastic, has pumped up the estimated risks and costs for tenderers. She added that the government is looking into shortening the contract period from five years to two to reduce cost uncertainties. Turning overseas, Donald Trump has been condemned by both the White House and senior members of his own Republican Party over his meeting with the white supremacist Nick Fuentes. The White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, said there was no place for such thinking in American society. I'm not going to respond to everything that happens with the former president, but this, this is something that's important that uh, we speak very clear about and we speak very forcefully about. This administration, this president totally rejects bigotry, racism, anti-Semitism, and there is just no place uh, for these types of vile forces in our society, and this is something that we are going to continue to deny. The former Vice President Mike Pence said Mr Trump should apologise for the meeting. President Biden has asked Congress to intervene to prevent a nationwide strike by rail workers saying it would devastate the U.S. economy. Mr Biden wants Congress to deploy rarely used powers to force the adoption of a preliminary deal between freight companies and rail workers, which avoided a strike in September. Since then, some trade unionists have failed to ratify the deal, again threatening to strike. If agreement is not reached by December the 9th, Thousands of freight trains could grind to a halt at the cost of up to two billion US dollars a day. An American white supremacist has pleaded guilty to murdering 10 people in a racist mass shooting in the state of New York. Peyton Gendron, who's 19, also admitted charges of domestic terrorism motivated by hate. In May, he went on a rampage at a supermarket in a predominantly black part of the city of Buffalo. The mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown, welcomed the verdict and said the attacker should never leave prison. Justice has been done. This individual has admitted their guilt and the penalty for this horrific crime is for this individual never ever to see the light of day again. Life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Five police officers in the U.S. have been charged with reckless endangerment after a black man they had arrested was partially paralyzed in the back of a police van. Randy Cox was being driven to a police station in Connecticut State when the police driver braked hard, causing him to be flung headfirst against the van wall. Security footage showed Mr Cox pleading for help, saying he could not move. Some of the officers accused him of faking his injuries. He was then dragged by his feet from the van and put in a holding cell before being taken to hospital. The British Foreign Secretary has called for governments around the world to do more to stop sexual violence during conflict. James Cleverley was speaking at an international conference in London to discuss the problem. In a message to the gathering, the Hollywood actress Angelina Jolie said all previous commitments made by governments had not translated into significant actions. When human beings are physically assaulted in this way, and in some countries for decades, there has to be a decisive global response. When there isn't, it sends a message to both the victim and the perpetrator that we don't truly regard this as a significant crime that has to be punished and prevented. 
Police in Somalia say 60 people were rescued during a day-long siege at a hotel in the capital, Mogadishu. Al-Shabaab militants had been holed up in one of the rooms in the Villa Reyes Hotel, which is in a normally well-guarded area close to the presidency. A police spokesman said eight civilians and one soldier were killed. A junior government minister, Adam O'Hersey, was in a meeting at the hotel when the attack began, but managed to escape. He said he hoped the country would rally against the militants after the latest attack. I am angry. I am motivated more than ever that there is a need. Time is now that everybody comes together and make sure that this menace is subdued and defeated and taken to jail. Yes, I feel lucky that I escaped. I feel uh, sorry that I'm part of the government that uh, sort of let these people down because we were supposed to protect civilians. Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has announced plans to turn Riyadh Airport into a massive aviation hub with six runways. The project is in line with Saudi ambitions to diversify the country's oil-dependent economy and transform the capital into one of the top ten city economies in the world. The BBC's Mike Thompson reports. Build as a new bridge between the east and the west, the Salman International Airport will cover an area of nearly 60 square kilometres, contain half a dozen runways, residential and recreational facilities and numerous retail outlets. By 2030, it's to handle 120 million travellers and generate more than 100,000 jobs. The giant aviation hub will be home to a new Saudi airline called RIA, which will compete with regional heavyweight rivals Emirates and Qatar Airways. The billionaire owner of Twitter has said Apple has stopped most of its advertising on the social media platform. In a series of tweets, Elon Musk accused Apple of censorship. Here's the BBC's James Clayton. In a volley of tweets, he accused Apple of abusing its control over its app store, even saying the Twitter app had been threatened with removal without saying why. Apple decides which apps iPhone users can and can't download from the store. Mr Musk also said that Apple had mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Apple is, or at least was, one of Twitter's largest customers. Some companies have cited Twitter's lack of clarity on moderating hate speech as the reason for pausing their advertising on the platform. Apple, though, hasn't yet responded to the BBC's request for comment. The company that owns Facebook, Meta, has been fined US$275 million by the Irish Data Protection Commission. A data breach between May 2018 and September 2019 saw the personal details of up to 533 million Facebook users published on an online hacking forum. Indigenous groups have blocked access to Argentina's huge Vaca Muerta shale oil and gas fields in the west of the country, demanding better living conditions for local people. They also want the demarcation of their ancestral lands. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. Members of the Mapuche community and local residents have set up barricades on the main road that links the oil fields with the state capital, Neuquén. They say they won't remove them until the authorities meet their demands. Indigenous leaders say the industry uses huge amounts of water, which has led to shortages for more than a decade. They are demanding that the Argentine government and companies operating in the region use water trucks to supply residents. And are also calling for a survey of the soil to assess potential environmental damage. Sport and we start with the World Cup in Qatar where Brazil and Portugal have joined France as the only teams to have qualified for the last 16 with a game to spare. 
Brazil made it back-to-back wins in Group G with a 1-0 success over Switzerland thanks to a late effort by Casemiro. The BBC's Alex Capstick reports. Brazil joined France in the knockout stages of this World Cup after just two group games. Although this was a hard-fought victory against a disciplined, well-organised Switzerland who were no pushovers in this match. In fact, the winner came very late on. Casemiro smashing the ball into the back of the net, giving the goalkeeper no chance to seal the victory. And although Brazil weren't at their best, they'll be relieved that they can now take it easy in their final group game against Cameroon before preparing for their last 16 encounter. They are the favourites for this tournament. They'll probably have to improve, but that's two games, two victories, three goals, and non-conceded. Earlier, Cameroon came from two goals down to draw three all with Serbia. Both sides now have one point with one game remaining. Cameroon have the tall task of facing Brazil. Serbia take on Switzerland. Bruno Fernandes has fired Portugal into the last 16. The Manchester United midfielder scored twice and almost had a hat-trick in Portugal's 2-0 win over Uruguay. The BBC's John Bennett reports. After a first half in which Portugal had dominated possession without registering a shot on target, Bruno Fernandes finally found their cutting edge after the break. His cross looked to have been glanced in by Cristiano Ronaldo. Portugal's famous number seven claimed it and celebrated, but replays proved he actually hadn't got a touch and the goal was given to Fernandes. Forced to fight back, Uruguay finally showed some ambition and their veteran sub Luis Suarez hit the side netting from a tight angle not long after Maxi Gomez had hit the woodwork. But Fernandes wrapped up the win with a late controversial penalty after a handball and minutes later he was so close to getting a hat-trick when his shot hit the post. Earlier, Ghana picked up their first point, beating South Korea 3-2. The Africans can progress by beating Uruguay on the, in the final round. Portugal can win the group by securing a point against South Korea. And England wrap up the group stage tonight with a match against Wales. England are almost certain to reach the last 16. The only way they wouldn't is if they lose by four goals or more. Wales, with just one point in Group B, will need to win and hope for a favourable result from the other game. The winner of the match between Iran and the United States will definitely progress. In Group A, the Netherlands can reach the last 16 with a win or draw against hosts Qatar, who are already eliminated. And to the weather forecast, it'll be mainly fine and hot this afternoon with one or two missed rain patches tonight. The winds will strengthen from the north tomorrow with temperatures falling appreciably during the day and the temperatures will dip to about 13 degrees in urban areas, slightly lower in the new territories. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says that having the NPCSC interpret the national security law is in the best interests of the legal system. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Looking for blood at the scene of the crime It's been running in circles or nothing at all For a long, long, long time Boxing at shadows and listening at doors Pushing the buttons and pulling the blinds We haven't been honest or clever
Fears on Radio 3 with long, long, long time. Good afternoon. 19 past one. Bit of music for a few more minutes, then we're going to whiz over to Fogatani in New Zealand. Say hi to Dr. Merrin Pierce. His guest today is in Hong Kong. It's Dr. Roger Kendrick, Hong Kong's main moth man. Fascinating stuff. Roger has some fantastic photos that he'd like to share with you, and that means a special invite onto Facebook Live. That'll be in about six or seven minutes. (laughs) 